Welcome to The Dreaming. I'm Sasha Smolders. I'm Joe Fulgham. This is The Sandman, issue 54, World's End, The Golden Boy. Welcome back, listeners. We took a little bit of a break. As I think most of you will know, our little lovable Boston Terrier, Loki, had some real health problems recently, and he was kind of a big part of our show, and uh, we had to let him go. It was a while ago, and it it really hurt, and and it was kind of hard to do a show without him, and Mm -hmm. so we took some time. A hiatus. Yeah, a little bit of a hiatus to to heal and, you know, think about things and think about how we could possibly do this without him. (laughs) It's true. He did most of the research, to be (laughs) honest. Well, he's on my lap for most of it, so I guess you could argue. That he did. Moral support. Yeah, and he's on my lap for almost every edit. Or at oh, my yeah. feet snoozing. So it's it's a little weird not having him here, but we've taken that time. We don't want to bog you down with sadness. We'll we'll talk about that somewhere else. Yeah, I we think. we did really appreciate um kind words from all of yeah. you and also just your patience and in, in waiting for us to come back. I understand as an avid podcast listener myself that when a long break happens and you don't know when it's going to end. It can it can be very stressful as a listener. Yeah. You want more, or you you just you want closure, you want something, and so we're back and we are going to be on our regular schedule now. Right. Well, let's get right into the comic Golden Boy. I really love this one. I hope you did too. It's interesting. It's very very weird, and uh, I think I have some information that's going to be surprising to you. Okay. So let's take a look at the cover. Uh, photography, collage, and Macintosh computer is mm-hmm. being used here. In the Dust Covers book, Neil actually has a little note about this, and it says, My theory is that there would have been lots more Polaroids, but the unthinkable happened, and Dave bought a computer. Oh, no. So before this, I guess he was, you know, using computers elsewhere or something like that. And this is finally, he's got his own Mac computer and is using Photoshop to mm-hmm. do cool art and stuff. Something that I've noticed is the bit that's the American flag over his palm. Mm-hmm. There's just five lines, red lines. Oh, yeah. Which is like a music staff. Oh, it is. And a big smiling politician. Mm-hmm. Looks like the hand, looks like he's making the oath, the oath of the office of president. That's kind of what i'm guessing here but the the weird thing that's going over it like the 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 wriggly thing covers his eyes Mm -hmm. so that idea of like smiling but your eyes are telling a different story like a non-genuine smile yeah too yeah that doesn't really look like much of a real smile there especially i know but i think that's what you know the fact that it it it, the the weird distortion covers his eyes and not his mouth Mm -hmm. in particular yeah yeah All right, let's get inside. So here's something that you probably don't know. In 1973, there was a comic book called Prez, First Teen President of the USA, released by DC Comics. What? Yep. 20 cents for issue number one. Sorry, what year was that? 1973. 1973. Yep. Huh. Yeah, there's a few places online where you uh, you can read this comic. I will try to grab a few pieces out of the original. It's super cheesy, like you'd imagine. It's written absolutely for, I would think, kids who want to be cool teenagers right okay. like aren't even teens yet it feels like it's aimed even younger than teens like when you're like that 10 to 12 where you you're excited to be a teen or something like you're gonna be a teen soon when i'm a teenager this it it feels to me like it's aimed at that 
So as team president, it's like a fantasy. It's like a Captain America fantasy, but with yeah. no punching. Oh, there's fights and punching and bad guys and stuff. Yeah, and his, and his like uh, Native American friend who teaches him to love nature and animals. And yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, well, I'll talk more about it as we get in there. Yeah, let's okay. do that. But I just wanted to say right off the bat, Prez Rickard, actually a comic book character from 1973 by DC. Hmm. Yeah. wonder if he'll be joining the Justice League movies. <laughs> <laughs> he has actually shown up in a few other places. Uh, DC's Brave and the Bold yeah. had him apparently in some future, what's that, well, a flash forward, I guess, where all of the heroes are old and Prez Rickard is becoming president at that time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fun little character to pull up once in a while. And there's actually uh, a relaunch of Prez uh, about three years ago, I think it was released. I'll have to go look. Featuring a, a young girl as the new Prez, you huh. know, like a modern kind of, quote, retelling of it. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, in our story, we're not with Prez yet. We are in the World's End Tavern. Mm-hmm. And I'll re-note the location of the apostrophe there in World's End Mm-hmm. That means the end of multiple worlds. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it turns out this tavern is a lot like Hogwarts. How so? Uh, well, in Hogwarts, the stairways and hallways move around a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you not know that? I did, but I didn't oh. know that's what you were referencing. Okay. The things move around a lot Okay. in Hogwarts, and suddenly things are in new places and whatnot. And so uh, our hero, whose name I constantly forget. Brant. Brant. What a Brant generic. Tucker. Brant Tucker. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like I could roll two dice with, like, generic white guy names on it, and that's, that's what right. you get. If you're playing a role-playing game in North America, playing a white guy, that's a, one of the random names you'd get. Brant Tucker. Mm-hmm. He's an artsy type, not a football player. Wishes he was, though. Yeah. Kind of resents those guys. Yeah. Jerks. Brant sees a flicker of lightning, and for a moment he thought he saw people talking, moving down the corridor, but the darkness came again, and they were gone. That is actually a brief flash of the Emperor, the Empress, and the Fool, who you might recognize from the tarot deck. Yes. This is the top uh, left corner of that page there. They're actually characters from the Books of Magic miniseries. Ooh. They lived in a castle so far in the future that time itself had nearly ended, which is uh, sort of appropriate for showing up at the Inn of World's End, I guess. Mm. And uh, he's surprised walking down a hallway... Where he thought the stairs was going to be is a small library, and there's an Asian man sitting in a chair with a book. Yeah. So surprises him that he ruins his very good coffee and his shirt in (laughs) one go. Yeah, good job, Brant. So we don't get a name for him, but he says he didn't see a storm that led him to the World's End Inn. I think several people have had different ways of reaching this inn. It's only Brant, really, that's seen a storm, or some people, I'm sure, have seen a storm, but not all of them. He's one. This guy is on his way to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You are from where? Seattle. Seattle, Washington? In America? The United States of America? Uh, sure, of course. I mean, how many Americas are there? Many, 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 many. But perhaps less than there used to be. I'm honored to make your acquaintance. And then he does a little couple of questions to figure out which America he's from. Yeah, mostly asking him who's president and... Yeah. Who before that, and who before that, and who before that. Yeah. So he goes, by, ah, you come from one of those Americas. You have my sympathy. I know what happens in your next century. <laughs> oh, God. Womp, womp, womp. Oh, oh, man. Okay, that's as much as we're going to mention. 
Uh, avoiding talk of the current administration. Of the current administration, yeah. It's, of it's that hard. country we are the hat of. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Title page. Title the Golden page, Boy. The Golden Boy. And we get the credits here. Neil Gaiman, writer. Michael Allred is the artist of the internal pages, 3 to 24. Brian Talbot is the penciler for the uh, enclosure of pages 1 and 2 and page 24. Mark Buckingham, the anchor for those pages. Daniel Vazo, colorist. Todd Klein, letterer. Karen Berger, editor. And Shelley Roberg, assistant editor. I see that sometimes as associate editor. It's sometimes just ASS dot editor, and I'm mm. not sure if they mean assistant or associate, but I have seen both actually spelled out. Huh. It's very odd. Maybe they just keep switching titles. I guess. Mm. Who knows? No way to tell. Assistant to the editor, Shelley. <laughs> assistant <laughs> to the associate. Yes. So uh, here in our main image of the title page where we meet young prez for the first time i think is our very first of many jesus references so many which is the star in the background right star of bethlehem Mm-hmm. shining bright mm-hmm. oh it just occurred to me is this whole comic what mormons are thinking america is is this I, a mormonism comic uh i don't think so i'm okay. pretty sure they said jesus came a long time ago yeah but he's gonna come back oh okay maybe isn't he supposed to come back to america I, I'm not familiar. I, I don't know remember. much about Mormons. I did do a podcast on Mormons long ago, but it was long ago. Yeah. To be honest, my best grasp of like the story of Jesus is from Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, okay. And Godspell. Basically, oh. combine the musicals Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell, sure. and that is my understanding of the story of Jesus. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. So expect that level of knowledge from me. Okay. Well, I'll point out everything that you miss. Sweet. I went to Sunday school as a kid. Mm. My mom taught it, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His mother understood that names have power. Names do not define us, but they influence us for good or ill, help to shape and form us. Perhaps she saw little of the future that day. Perhaps she was merely inspired by a higher power. And she named her newborn... Prez. It's short for president. <laughs> it's like moms who name their daughters America. Well, that way she gets to own the whole country. Sure. It's the United States of America. Mm. They're mine. And yet no one ever names their daughter United or States. Somewhere somebody has. Ooh, in a distant alternate future, there's a lot of women being called of. Of. (laughs) That's, if you don't know, that's. Are talking a handmade sale? Yeah, it's a handmade sale reference. Yeah. Oof, deep cut. Sorry, I'm rusty. (laughs) The boy bore his name with pride. Each morning he would recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Other children would rise and speak, but he knew that for them the pledge was merely words and sounds like the alphabet. For the child Prez Rickard, each morning was a moment of dedication, of magic. With all his heart and mind and soul, he would pledge himself to something larger than himself. With all his heart and mind and soul is reminiscent of Jesus' description of the greatest commandment, Love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength, which is repeated in Mark 12.30, Luke 10.27, and Matthew 22.37. I find it kind of weird that, like, it's not just that he loves the flag and he, like, he loves America. I think think that's really pure and lovely about him, that he has this, like, idea that there's this thing that's greater than him. Mm -hmm. What I find weird is that the first, like, thought we get of this little boy, like, from inside of his thoughts, is him thinking about how all the kids around him don't get it and don't love it as much as him. It's really true, though, and this was something that was, uh, I don't know if it's talked about these days. I don't even know if kids in America do the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. Uh, I'm sure it varies state by state. Yeah. 
But there was a lot of talk back in the 80s and so about how kids were just told to recite it. You're forced to. But they didn't really talk about what it meant to like pull it apart. Of course, you would get exceptions and teachers who would demand that you do that. And then, you you know, there'd be the the poll back and forth of you don't know what this is, so we'll teach you. And then they do. Yeah. And then they'd think now they know and they'd forget about the next class. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that's a true thing. I think at the time when you're forcing kids to just recite this pledge without really knowing what it means. It's true. But uh, yeah, at the same time, Prez is, he knows that. It's weird that the first thing we think of for him isn't just his devotion to this greater power. That's what most of this first paragraph is about, this Mm -hmm. devotion to that. But then like, it's specifically about him acknowledging how the other kids don't love it in like don't love it or or just don't have that same thought process of him like him being aware that the others around him don't care as strongly yeah yeah he knew that he was special he knew that he was different yeah okay but at the same time when he's dedicating himself to something greater than himself he's dedicating himself to those other people mm. right he's not dedicating himself to prez rickard no who's special That's the thing. Lots of people are special in all sorts of ways, right? It's about using it to help other people. That's kind of good, Mm. isn't it? Instead of helping yourself. Mm. You can help yourself a little. Self-care is important, as we say. When Prez was six, President Kennedy told the American people not to ask what their country could do for them, but instead to ask what they could do for their country. Prez Rickard knew that already. Now, we've got a little bit of a time mix-up here because he's apparently six when that happened. That quote is from Kennedy's inaugural speech, which was given on January 20th, 20th, 1961. That would mean Prez was born in 1954. Mm -hmm. But later on, we get another date and his age, and it's off by a year. Okay. So, not sure. We'll, We'll get to that. My people have, of old, divided the world into two kinds of people, hedgehogs and foxes. Hedgehogs know one big thing. Foxes know lots of little things. Prez Rickard knew two big things. Super hedgehog. One of them was America, (laughs) and the other was time. Mm. So uh, we find out that he not only loves, like, civic duty and whatnot and Mm -hmm. and learns that, but he also learns about clock making and fixes all the clocks in his town and, and learns the intricacies. So... For him, clock making is the same, is like carpentry for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Clock making, clock making and clockwork is his carpentry. That's, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. good insight. I like it too because, you know, even though you can think of like country, like America as like this one thing, it's made up of all these little connected pieces that all have to work just right for mm-hmm. it to pull off what it's supposed to pull off. Mm-hmm. And so he, those are also parallels that he's good at getting in and fixing those pieces and making the thing run right. Mm-hmm. And not just run right, but run so that, you know, it tells time perfectly. That's what he wants to do. Also, if we're comparing him to Jesus, in Jesus's time, the complexity of the world around him made more sense through carpentry as something that Mm. you could do that helped people that was a part of everyone's everyday lives was still complex, but was complex at a level at which the world was in that moment. But in today's world with how complex it is, clockwork is makes more sense in comparison, right? To today's complexities. Whereas if we were maybe going to make the same allegory now, that person would probably be like a programmer. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a programmer something like that some kind of coder for sure yeah 
But in the in the seventies, a clockmaker represents at least close. I mean, obviously there were computers then, but you know, there were also more complex things than carpentry in AD zero or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, In panel three. When his mother loses sight of him in the center of Steadfast, the town, she found him later talking with the city leaders about civics, absolutely parallels a traditional story of Jesus's boyhood, where he gets lost and his mother finds him preaching to the priests, going, no, no, let me tell you how it's supposed to work. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Jesus as a young boy was uh, was like able to stand his own with the priests. Hmm. When he was 16, Prez fixed and adjusted single-handedly every clock and steadfast. I'm pretty sure that's from the original Prez comic. Like, that was just one of the many things that he did as an amazing boy. He made all the clocks run perfectly in his hometown. And I think Neil has taken that and turned it into a really big thing of this character. Well, having all the clocks run together and run on time, that was specifically... That's also a part of the, like, American story of, like, the trains running on time. And one of the reasons why standardized time made sense isn't that a part of america's history the idea of like the of all of these states that are in different time periods and and going into like the a technological age wherein it was important for all of those things to have time that that made sense to each other is that not a, a part I guess of- uh trains running on time is a thing they claimed mussolini did oh okay but what i mean is is like of comparing like of western countries Mm -hmm. like besides maybe russia for the most part most western countries don't inhabit more than two time zones yeah except america and canada Uh, (laughs) but nobody cares about canada apparently uh except us canadians uh like america exists on a bunch of like five or six time zones Mm -hmm. no more than that even if you count hawaii um and so, like, the idea of, of, of this, of all the clocks running together and working together is is more in line with, like, America's history as well. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just jumping to that conclusion, but. I mean, maybe. I'm not sure, because the president in the original comics did it, and it wasn't, like, a big thing. Like, I, as far as I know, it wasn't, like, a key okay. component of his character. But he did fix all the clocks. Yeah. Maybe you're referencing something I don't know a lot about. There isn't like a Bible story where Jesus went around and like leveled all the tables, is there? He flipped all the tables, yeah. Oh, leveled. I see what you mean. No, no. He went and he got really mad and flipped over all the tables. I know. I remember and, that story. Yeah. That happens in Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. It's great. <laughs> and we get a note that the same year he turned 16, Congress gave 18-year-olds the vote. Did that actually happen? Can you vote when you're 18 in the States? On March 23rd, 1971, a proposal to lower the voting age to 18 years was adopted by both houses of Congress and sent to the states for ratification. The amendment became part of the Constitution on July 1st, 1973, three months and eight days after the amendment was submitted to the states for ratification, making this amendment the quickest to be ratified. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it lowered from 21 to 18, driven in large part by the broader student activism movement during the Vietnam War. Yeah. Basically, a lot of people were protesting and saying, how dare you send us to war without giving us the right to vote? Mm-hmm. Inevitably, the mass of 18-year-olds voted to lower the age limitation on elected officials and voted themselves into the Senate, into Congress, and then the following year, and to no one's surprise, they lowered the age limit on the presidency to 18. So that's the thing where it kind of veers off from our yeah. own history. Yeah. You have to be 35 to be president. 
it's not at all out of line that in that moment where they veer off of our own timeline is where they then introduce with no explanation, <laughs> the prince of that world was Boss Smiley. Yeah, uh, prince of that world is a medieval term for Satan. Because oh. Jesus is prince of the next world. Oh. Where Satan is prince of this, the physical world, the one that doesn't matter, the one that tempts you. Neato. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, parallels here. Smiley is creepy looking in his mm -hmm. human earth form. And uh, he looks like this in the original Prez as well. Uh, so he's maybe a character. He's a character out of Prez, yeah. Is he the devil in that too? No, in that he kind of represents the just general big evil corporations. Yeah. He's kind of magical and he's got the head like that, right? It's It's weird and fantastical in places. So it's not that he's just some guy who's got a roundish face. There's certainly something about Boss Smiley in uh, the original Prez. I've only like glanced through the first one or two issues. Okay. They're not good. So the smiley face, everyone seems to wear it, which it was very popular in the 70s. It totally was, yeah. And this is like a, an alternate history wearing the smiley face. I think what it was was the guy writing the original Prez was trying to do one of those, look at these hippies who are... So pro-peace and, and pro-smiley face, but they're spending money on smiley face merchandise, which is made by big companies. So they were like, oh, the smiley face is like the face of the head guy. True. I mean, I do want to confront that that guy who makes that opinion and then says and, and say there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. But <laughs> right. Like you can I mean, you can nitpick literally everything, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> would you need to not wear clothes as a protest? Yeah, right. There's no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism. It just doesn't exist. You can't. That's the whole point in like capitalism at this point. So, woo. Anyway, before <laughs> I dissolve into angry Canadian socialism, uh <laughs> so Boss Smiley comes to Prez, and again paralleling the story of Jesus, where Satan takes. Jesus to the top of the mountain and shows him all the countries of the world. Mm -hmm. We actually just talked about this in my other podcast, Enlightened. This is used as the evangelical reason for thinking the world is flat. Sure. Because if the world is a sphere, you can't stand on a mountain and show somebody every country in the world. True. And so therefore it must be flat. So how what happens then when you take those people and you bring them up on a mountain and show them the world? Can they see every country? No. Like it, what? It, what I, I don't mean understand is, the question. Well, how can they use that as a reasoning if you can just take them up on a mountain and show them that it's not true? Oh, I see what you're saying. They certainly don't bother looking for any evidence to test their claims. Like they think there's just is just a higher mountain. Do they think that Jesus went up on Mount Everest and then right now you just can't tell that the world is flat because uh, there's all the clouds when you're at the top of you're Everest? You're going to have to go listen to my episode Flat Earth on my other podcast, Enlightened, to you're find right. out for that, that. I will have to listen yeah. to that. So he shows Prez all the cities and states of America. There's also no uh, mountain. You can do that. So he just shows him his, uh, his big hologram in the sky. That's what it looks like here. They can all be yours if you walk with me and talk with me for a little while. So he says, hey, if you want to be president, I'll do it and you'll just owe me. And Prez says, nah, nah, I'll do it myself. With that big grin, too. <laughs> yeah. And Boss Smiley, he just smiled. That's not the same kind of smile he's been doing, though. No, it's more of a smirk. 
Yeah. He's raising an eyebrow. He's raising, he doesn't have eyebrows, but he's raising where it should be. <laughs> and then Prez woke one night to find the president of the United States in his bedroom. Richard Nixon. <laughs> that's, that's about the edge of my Richard Nixon impersonation. I'm sorry. It's based on Futurama. <laughs> Not the actual former president. It's okay. My Scottish accent is Pixar Scottish. Yeah, I know. We all are. Accents based on somebody else's fake accent is, are generally bad accents. Yep. This is kind of a little weird late night confession from Nixon here. Yeah. Like, ah, you're going to learn all this stuff and you're going to get it. Don't worry about it. I know. They've already picked you. As though voting doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they know. It's weird. It's like, I guess, oh, Nixon must already be in Smiley's pocket. Oh, yeah. So oh, that's how some... he knows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not that the people didn't actually vote present. It's that Smiley knows the future anyway. So he's told Nixon to go talk to him to try to to try to influence him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he thinks if he hears it from a president instead of from Smiley. Right. It'll make a difference because this guy loves America. Basically, the devil sent one of his demons now. Are you not going to listen to me? I'll send one of my little servants to go tempt you. That might not even be Nixon. That might just be Smiley, like wearing Nixon's face. Oh, fair enough. It could be. The posters on the wall are David Bowie and Lon Chaney Jr. from The Wolfman. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a magic eight ball. Yeah. It looks like a swamp thing. Yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Some neat stuff on there. Mm -hmm. In panel seven, Nixon mentions, uh, he says, in hindsight, even Warren Harding looks good. I don't know if that's true. Actually, Harding's entire administration was rocked by scandal and most of it was revealed after he left office. Oh. Yeah. He made his brother-in-law superintendent of federal prisons. What? A presidential administration rocked by scandal where the president makes... His relatives, his family members <laughs> hold high-ranking positions that they are not qualified to hold. It's a good thing that'll never happen again. That can never happen again. Whew. Mm-hmm. If I'm president, I want to make a difference. I want to try and make it easier for people to live, to heal the divide between rich and poor, between black and white, the possessors and the dispossessed. I want to make America the kind of place I dreamed it was as Dream. a kid. Make it some place to inspire the rest of the world. A dream of freedom. A celebration of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Ah, well, I better be running along. Nice meeting you, Prez Rickard. Nice to meet you too, Mr. President. And Prez Rickard rolled over and went back to sleep. This is exactly what it's like when you see ghosts, by the way. Like people who claim to see ghosts, it's almost always when they're sleeping or about to sleep or they wake up. They, they think that they woke up and saw the ghost, but then they actually wake up. It's, it's nighttime and your mind plays tricks with you. No, Cor- it's because ghosts are shy and they come oh. to see you when you're in your bed because they think that you're like defenseless then. Right. Because they're afraid that you will spook them back. <laughs> so they're like, I'm going to get them when they're all comfy in bed and then I'm the spooky one. Oh, okay. Yeah. If they got you like out in regular life, you might be able to like pull some Krav Maga on them or something. And then over the next page, we have a bunch of basically miracles happening when Prez gets voted in as president. A baby was born to a couple in New Haven, Connecticut with a birthmark in the shape of the USA on her back, lacking only Hawaii and Alaska. 
there's a porno and playing in a theater and then instead of uh getting all dirty the people just put their clothes back on and and perform highlights from guys and dolls <laughs> to an outraged audience what bye bye birdie except for that that one guy in the corner going that's my fetish wait sorry i sang from the wrong musical i sang bye bye birdie instead of guys and dolls okay what's from guys and dolls if i were a bell i go ding dong ding dong ding ask me how do i feel Uh, (laughs) here we go in caesar's palace las vegas every slot machine in the building bestowed its jackpot simultaneously that sounds like a good thing but it's not good for the casino no, but casinos are evil, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a little. Blind people regained their sight, deaf regained their hearing, and an unaccountable number of organic or hysterical illnesses, some of a terminal nature, spontaneously vanished to never return. What the heck is a hysterical illness? Mental illness, I think. Mm. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. And on that day, Prez becomes president! He was three months shy of his 20th birthday. So here's where the time gets a little mixed up because this should be the election of 1972. Mm-hmm. And or either he should have been seven in that one where he heard Kennedy give the ask not speech, or he should be just shy of his 19th birthday on this one because mm. of the way the math works out. This is an alternate universe, though. Yeah, I, it could be that because of all the changes that the election happened one year later. Yeah. Might have happened. They don't Mm. say exactly. What we've got here at the bottom of this page where he gets elected, where he's in the car with the ticker tape parade and all the people in his car, the kind of hippies he's got. There's the First Nations guy there, uh, the black guy up front. Those are all characters from the original Prez comic. And this is basically the cover of Prez number one Mm -hmm. from 1973, which we'll put that up in the show notes at thedreaming.motivedust.com. Including the monkey, by the way. The monkey is on the cover. Is the smiley face? Bouncing off the hood of the car? Yes. Nice. Yep. And there's people on Easy Rider motorcycles with uh, USA helmets riding behind them. The whole deal. It's good. It's a funny little book, that Prez. If I can find a link to where you can take a look at it, I'll do that. I don't know how legit that is, the websites that let you do that, but uh, it's a fun little thing to leaf through. Now, did Prez wear a red shirt with his prez usa symbol on the chest <laughs> yes he all did all the freaking time uh yeah that that because in comics in 1953 you had to have a superhero outfit right you had to be recognizable all the time as that character and so that's his that's superhero kind outfit. Of, it's kind of his i'm a super president outfit he's not really super but i guess he's got super charming powers yeah yeah so he basically fixes everything yeah, he really does. He fixes the Middle East. First thing, oh, he Middle East energy fixed. crisis. Yeah, all the oil is fine. He saves John Belushi. I know from oh. an early death. Oh, oh, I love that. You think just Neil Neil threw that in there just 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 to make us all feel good? I'm yeah, well, good and also bad, right? Because you get reminded that he's not with us anymore, and why he passed and stuff, and if only somebody had you know helped him out. Prez showed me you didn't need to be fucked up to work at your peak. I mean, here's this guy working 18 hours a day. Fate of the free world depends on him. And he's clean, you know? That was scary. (laughs) So Samurai Deli was a real sketch on Saturday Night Live. In our world, Buck Henry was the host of that show. It It aired on January 17th, 1976. Musical guests were Bill Withers performing Ain't No Sunshine. Mm. Tony Basil performed Wham Rebop Boom Bam. 
and the Blues Brothers performed King B. Yeah. And I found the latter two online, both of those performances uh, that you can t- check out. I can't find the Bill Withers, but I'm just going to put a video of Bill Withers singing Ain't No Sunshine because the man is amazing and everybody needs to see that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And in our world, John Belushi died in 1982, age 33, of a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. Prez fixes the Cold War. Yeah. He ah, just enough nukes. gets rid of the nukes safely, apparently. And he says, uh, listen, the Russians have their own problems. They're hungry and they're scared. I think we should put our own house in order first. Mm-hmm. And apparently that's fine. Well, that doesn't make anybody want to, like retaliate or do anything like that well at the time we were in this ridiculous arms race where we all all the countries that are the countries involved in it russia and america specifically had more than enough nukes to wreck the entire world yeah and but because they wanted to to seem stronger somehow they kept making them they kept increasing the size of their arsenals so that they wouldn't be outdone by their enemies. Hmm. And it took a while before we could finally go, hey, can we, let's, um, you don't need to make more of those and we don't need to make more of them. We got enough. Let's just both stop and let's get rid of a bunch of these. Hmm. Yeah. And so Prez just did it first. He just said, we're not going to negotiate with them. We'll just stop making them, which is really what you needed to do. Yeah. Was to go, it is unimportant for us to have the most nukes when we have plenty of nukes. Mm-hmm. And that's if you buy into the mutually shared destruction thing, which I guess works if you have leaders who think. But mm. does that always happen? I don't know. Yeah. These days I'm I'm not a big fan of plans that are like, don't worry about it. People will think about it before doing anything too bad. Because that's not true anymore. It's just not true. Yeah. Significant number of people are bad at thinking. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. (laughs) And in the third year of his presidency, Boss Smiley came to him once more. And we find out that Prez has been researching Boss Smiley. He's asked the IRS, the CIA, FBI, Interpol, and they don't know anything about him. There's no files on him. He doesn't exist. Nothing but rumors. You know, it might not be healthy for you to run again. Are you threatening me? How can you be threatened by a man who doesn't exist? And he uh, pops like a balloon. Yeah. Reading through it this time, I realized that my dream casting for Boss Smiley is Stephen Root. You might know him as Milton from Office Space. He's done tons of other things. He's yeah. in uh, news radio as well. Yeah. He would be an amazing... Vo- he does tons of voice acting. I uh-huh. think he's a fantastic voice performer. And I think with a CG Boss Smiley, or even actually him as Boss Smiley, but then like a CG head replacing what's going on there would be astounding. Yeah. This is... this would That would be him. Yeah. That's the voice I hear in my head is him. Totally. Yep. And then poof, Boss Smiley kind of turns into smoke and poofs away. <laughs> comes a, a balloon that's flying away yeah that november the democrats fielded an 18 year old football player the republicans an aging movie actor we know who that is don't we nixon no reagan reagan whoops we already met nixon <laughs> presidents and the democrats are fielding some 18 year old football player obviously trying to cash in on the youth vote 
Yeah. But it doesn't work. And what this also means is that Prez is an independent. He's running as an independent. He's not yeah. running as a dem. Some people read this and think, oh, 18 year old, that's Prez. No, this is three years later. He's almost uh, 23. Mm hmm. So and he wasn't a football player. They never said he was a he football wasn't, player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Um, so he's running as an independent. Yep. Which would make this the first time an independent ever won as well, <laughs> yeah, right? Because there's never been an independent who's won. Yeah, it's all magical. Maybe we've got the best system in the world, and maybe we haven't, but I'm delighted to have the honor of serving you all for another four years. I think I'm starting to get the hang of it. As he, like, brings about world peace, stops the energy crisis, saves John Belushi. I think I'm starting to figure this out. He gets back together with his high school sweetheart, and they're madly in love. Mm -hmm. But then there's an assassination attempt. Yeah. And she gets killed. She gets killed. He gets wounded. The person who killed her and wounded him was a woman obsessed with prominent television personality and former boxer Ted Grant. He's also known as Wildcat. He is a DC comic superhero. Uh, doesn't really have superpowers as far as I know. He's more of like a Batman, like a former boxer who's decided, uh, I got to go out and punch crime. Wait, why does he wear a mask then if everyone knows who he is? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> he's a justice society of america member it's the whole justice society thing is from an older age where okay. you didn't ask those questions and i don't know if they've answered them since okay because like why wear the cat mask if you're if everyone knows who you are <laughs> yeah i don't know that's oh because he's just a furry that's what it is that i guess that's the answer he's a furry and so this is who he is so he gets off on dressing as a cat and beating people up well wildcat is his persona Yes. Also, though, it just occurred to me that the assassin lady mm -hmm. has a smiley face pinned on her shirt. She does. Also of note, mm. one of the Secret Service people is a lady Secret Service oh, person, yeah. I think. Nice catch. Yeah, I, I think so, definitely. And he's saying, please don't hurt her. He's talking about the woman who assassinated his fiance. Yeah. So that's Prez. After being shot, after his love being murdered, saying, don't hurt the person who did this. Yeah. That's how good he is. Yeah. He went to see the woman who killed his wife-to-be in her cell, but no record of their conversation exists, save it is known that he offered her clemency and she still went to the electric chair. Mm. After that, the president spent more time in the White House. He was seen less, although he was still much beloved. And over the next page, we've got him going over some... Uh, Upcoming agendas with Martha. They don't mention it here, but this is Martha Rickard, his mother. His mom. And his vice president. <gasps> his mom is vice president? Yes. <gasps> I love that. That is so wholesome. <laughs> I mean, that's what Pres Rickard is, right? I'm He's... running for president. I'm going to make my mom vice president. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. We were just complaining about presidents <laughs> naming their family members, their family members to yeah. high office. Hey, anybody who raised Pres Rickard is a good person. Cool. I guess you're right. You're totally right. I'm just going to point out like the slight hypocrisy there where yeah. we're suddenly like, oh, he made his mom vice president. That's so nice. Well, and we were yeah. just like throwing shade on everybody else. But we were doing that for somebody who put his friends in and they were all corrupt and or and or incompetent at their okay. jobs. Sure. Whereas him with his also vice president, barely a job. The job of vice president is, oh, the president's dead. I'm president now. 
Which means that she would have had to be president if her son died. Yes. Like, you're going to be totally functionally Mm -hmm. okay to do your job in that moment. There's no way that you'd be horrifyingly filled with grief. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know how that would have to work. She would have to. I think people who get to there are tough enough to deal with it. And I would hope have, would have a support structure around them. Sure. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's not as if like losing your kid is basically in at least in our culture considered to be the worst thing you can ever experience is having your kid die. But like, yeah. that kind of universally something we think is the very worst thing that you never ever want anyone to ever experience. And Prez nods off again, watching some TV. Yeah, he goes to sleep and someone else comes to visit him (laughs) in his bed. And Boss Smiley offers him something again. Yeah, he's going to give him his girlfriend back. His fiance. Oh, yeah, fiance. Yeah. You serve me, boy, and she'll be back in your bed and in your life, sweet as anything. And Prez responds, I serve only the American people. This calls back to the when Satan tempted Jesus in the high place. Jesus replied, It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. Mm. So Prez's God is the idea of America. Yeah. That's his religion. Yeah. I think the idea of America is a pretty decent little thing to strive for. Sure. Because most of that seems pretty good, as long as you get rid of all the it's for white people parts of it. And make it for everybody? I mean, you can't actually separate it from the fact that it was, we're going to take over this land that happened to be filled with millions of indigenous people. Right. Uh, We're going to make our dream of a free place, but literally taking that place that they lived from them. So it can never really be separated from that. But yes, if you completely ignore that glaring aspect of it, then, then yes. He did have his friend Eagle Free, who, that was his name, Eagle Free, the Native American animal rights activist in the original comic. (laughs) I know, it's white people trying to bring in other races and be cool about it. Yeah. (laughs) It's really endearingly cheesy. Although, uh, so in the, the Sandman annotations, they think that the people writing the original Prez comic were like savaging hippies and how naive, both naive and paranoid they were at the same mm. time. I read it and I don't know if I agree with that. I I mean, maybe, but if they did, then they weren't very good at it because they made an actual corruption for him to fight against. So he was right. Yeah, I don't think he's totally in line with the hippies. I don't know if it was the hippies necessarily that voted for him. Maybe. I, I was all it was quote the young people which that meant hippies at the time. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So he tempts him and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to sleep. Lots of sleeping and dreaming in this. Mhm. His 8 years are up. He decides not to be like he he doesn't run for a third term cuz that would mm-hmm. be against the rules. Uh some people want him to run for a third term. Interestingly, some people want him to become emperor of the United States, particularly people in San Francisco. (laughs) But most people rightly considered this a joke of sorts. Mm. It's Neil putting a little joke of sorts in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be uh, Emperor Norton. And he goes back to clock making. Mm -hmm. Retired back in his hometown of Steadfast. Things were no longer golden in America 
It wasn't that things got bad. It was just that they weren't spectacularly good anymore. So, you know, he made real and lasting change. It just wasn't the golden age anymore. The new president wanted him to come hang out with them, help him uh, make decisions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But Prez says no. In the White House is a tiger skin rug shot and killed many years ago by Teddy Roosevelt. The feet of the great walk over that tiger skin each day. It listens to policy being formed and secrets being spoken. Now, do you think that the tiger would rather be dead and in the seat of power or alive and walking the jungle of India, sniffing the wind for the scent of game? It would rather be alive, they said. And so would I, said Prez Rickard, and he sent them away. This is actually a kind of retelling of a Taoist story originally written by Zhuang Zhu, mm-hmm. also known as Master Zhang. Once when Chang Zhu was fishing in the Pu River, the king of Chu sent two officials to go and announce to him, I would like to trouble you with the administration of my realm. Chang Zhu held onto the fishing pole and without turning his head said, I have heard that there is a sacred tortoise in Chu that has been dead for 3,000 years. The king keeps it wrapped in cloth and boxed and stores it in the ancestral temple. Now, would this tortoise rather be dead and have its bones left behind and honored, or would it rather be alive and dragging its tail in the mud? It would rather be alive and dragging its tail in the mud, said the two officials. Zhang Zhu said, go away, I'll drag my tail in the mud. Mm. So he wants to live his life, whereas if yeah. he was in that place, kind of kept there, he wouldn't be able to live his life in the same way. He's being asked to do more emotional labor. That's yeah. what's happening, and he just doesn't have it in him anymore. Yeah. He put his eight years in, fixed the country up, and now he's done. Yeah, it's not his to fix anymore. But he's still fixing clocks. Yeah. Because clocks is uh, clocks are probably a lot easier to fix than countries. Yeah, and then he goes on a bit of a road trip and fixes things in small ways. Yeah. Well, or so they say. Soon after that, Prez left his estate in Steadfast. He told no one that he was leaving nor where he was going. And then a few people claim to have seen him. A woman falsely claims he's the father of her child. Prez sightings become as frequent as Elvis sightings. A weekly World News special even concluded that the two men were working together to fight crime, although it had no evidence for this. I like that idea. I would like to see a, some kind of DC reference of Prez and Elvis teaming up to fight crime. <laughs> and then uh, apparently Prez dies, but we don't. no one knows that he dies. Or yeah. rather... Everyone knows that he dies, but no one has any evidence that he's died. Just suddenly, collectively, America lowers its flags to half-mast and Mm -hmm. wears armbands and uh, says things like, for Prez. Yeah. Even though none of them really know why. Some people say he was killed during a holdup in a Chicago bakery, not for money, but for warm bread to feed the starving children in the snow outside. Some people said the woman who killed his Kathy returned to finish off the task she had begun years before. And we see the uh, the smiley face button here again with an absolutely on-the-nose Watchmen reference with the blood splatter on it. Yeah, It's kind of uh, inevitable that we would get that. Others said that the current president ordered his death. And we have somebody in, I think it's an Abraham Lincoln mask. Like it looks like a kind of a, I don't know why I get mask out of that. I think there's a bit of a band holding it onto this guy's face. Notice that the bullets shooting out of Prez's body look like the stripes from the Stars and Stripes, yeah, the American and the, flag. And the, and the holes are the stars. Yeah. How he died meant little. What was beyond any manner of doubt is that the world knew he was gone. What comes after is hearsay. 
a matter of personal belief and revelation. Let us say that it is what I believe happened to Prez Rickard after he died. Let me just say, I love this presentation of a personal theory as opposed to an insistence that this is the right thing, Mm -hmm. right? Somebody going, listen, this is my belief. It's kind of conjecture, hearsay. It's not necessarily true, but I I think it's true. And I, I like that presentation of a coming story, like without having to insist that it's true. And in this story, Prez meets death. Have we met before? Once. So when would they have met before? Everybody meets death when they're born. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. And so uh, she takes him somewhere. Well, she takes you where you think you're supposed to go. And he thinks he's supposed to go to... To heaven, I guess. But it's not the right one. No. He asks if he's going to meet the watchmaker, and we get the uh, kind of a reference to the blind watchmaker theory, which is that if you find a watch... You're going to assume that there was a watchmaker. Yeah. This hole in the ground must have been made particularly for this pool of water as it fits it so perfectly. There you go. That's exactly right. Yes. Uh, Note the smiley face over the gate to heaven there. Uh. As we're thinking that he might actually be going to a good place. Mm. Yeah. Hello, Prez Rickard. (laughs) You. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant, is from Matthew 25, verse 21, the parable of the bags of gold, which is a really crappy parable. It's a a rich master gives a bunch of his servants bags of gold. Okay. And a bunch of them go out and use it to make more money. Yeah. And they come back and they go, here's, you gave me five bags of gold. Here's another five on top of that for you. I love you. And he's like, yeah, you're awesome. Let me put you in charge of more stuff. And another one goes, you gave me two bags of gold. Here's two more bags of gold. And one finally goes, you gave me one and I know that you're like mean and and you love money. So I just kind of buried it. And here's your one back. And the master goes, ah, screw you. Get out of here. You're no good. It's like literally the Bible going, make profit for your boss. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's ugly. That's pretty ugly. (laughs) Yeah. So of course, Boss Smiley quotes that. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. This is more just tempting, really. It's post-death tempting, if you ask me. Yeah, well, because he still has power, and obviously Prez has power mm-hmm. outside of this realm as well, and we, as we get further in, he still wants Prez to work with him mm-hmm. because he still affects the world, and I think he thinks that Prez will still be able to do that too. Yeah, the idea of Prez. But he lets slip that there are other Americas out there. But this is the only significant one. So there's a whole desert filled with broken watches? (laughs) That's almost like right there, Prez is inventing his next story. Yeah. Right? So we've got Dream, and Dream is about stories. He's Prince of Stories. He even mentions it here as he shows up. And it's to me, it's like Prez had a story. He had his beginning, his middle, his end. He accomplished what he set out to accomplish. He said, no, I'm done. And then right here, post-death, Boss Smiley lets slip. No, but there's other, there's other Americas. And he's like, I got to go, I got to fix all, I know what my new stories have to be. Yeah. And that's when the prince of stories shows up to go, yeah, you should come with me. Because again, we hear this, sometimes when people die, dream shows up to go, you can come with me and live in dreams. Yeah. And then they become a story to teach other people things. Yeah. And that's what 
Dream is offering him here. Dream obviously has way more power than Boss Smiley. Well, Boss Smiley, too, seems to mostly be able to move through the world with dreams as well. Mm -hmm. But so that might make him a dream. Yeah, he might be a nightmare. Yeah, a nightmare is what I meant. Yeah. 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 So dream would have power over him. Yeah. Dream is just basically ignoring him and leaving. And they head back. I am prince of this world. I can destroy you. I will destroy both of you. You come back here. (laughs) Dream notes that death is the one who let him know. You owe my sister thanks. She drew my attention to your situation. And he opens the door and lets him go to all the other Americas. Yep. We find out why Prez likes fixing watches. His father, who he didn't know much of, had this huge silver repeater that chimed the hours and the half hours. And he died when Prez was four, but it didn't work. And so he decided to learn how to fix watches. And he practiced on others until he was good enough. And then he fixed it and it still runs today. Yeah. And he gives it to Dream. Do you remember in issue 27, the big chest full of Dream's stuff? Yeah. There was a watch in there. (gasps) And now we know where he got it. Along with the city in the bottle. (sighs) So we're slowly getting these things revealed. And Prez Rickard walked through Dream's door, away from Boss Smiley's heaven and out across the worlds. Some say that he still walks between the worlds, traveling from America to America, help to the helpless, a shelter for the weak. Others say that he waits to be born once more, and that this time he will not come just to one America, but to all of them. And I walk the worlds, following him, seeking him, walking ahead, spreading his word. And when he comes back, wherever, whenever he comes back, I will be waiting. Good night. And that's it. So the note that this time he will come not just to one America, but to all of them, that is another allusion to Jesus, who was once thought to be the savior of the Jews, but is now thought to be the savior of the world. Yeah. And the others say he waits to be born once more. It's a little... Uh, King Arthur-y, although King Arthur is actually uh, asleep until his country needs him most, I huh. think is the way that it works, when Britain most needs him. Huh. Not sure if that's the reference. Salmon Annotations notes it, but they're also not sure, so yeah. And there we go. Prez, teenage president. <laughs> Neil Gaiman can write good stories about anything. Like he literally manages to turn him into Jesus. Yeah. It, it's almost a little too laid on too thick, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, But so much of this that if you don't know the Jesus references simply become really cool mythical stuff about Prez. Like as much as I knew a lot of this from my background and my upbringing, I still didn't get all of it, especially not in the first reading or so. Yeah. So like I just kind of got that he was Jesus-like, not that everything was completely Jesus-like throughout so much of it. But that's what we want, right? We want our presidents, we want our leaders to be our saviors. Yeah. We want them to come and fix all this stuff. We won't, don't want them to just fix it for the time they're in. They've got to fix all the systems and make it work in the future as well. Yeah, but that doesn't work for Prez. <laughs> well, it does. He, he fixed that America, right? They, they say things weren't bad. They just weren't gloriously great. So he fixed that watch. He picked it up, looked at all the things that were wrong, fixed it, and then left it because he was done. The yeah. rest of it's just it, it counting away time 
And then he thought he was totally done until he was dead and heard that there were a whole bunch of other broken Americas to come fix. Ah. And he's like, oh, I want to go fix all those Americas. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't, he doesn't like refix his father's watch all the time. No. He fixed it. And then he went on and fixed other watches. And then he fixed all the, all the clocks in his town. And he gave the watch away eventually. And then he when gives, he changes worlds, he gives yeah. that watch away. Yeah. To dream. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely little story. He had to give it away so he wouldn't be tempted to go back and fix it. That one. I think Prez is somebody who really, in th- this Prez anyway, really kind of gets it all the time. Yeah. And I think he understands what a big deal Dream is doing. Like somebody just showed up, pulled you away from the devil taking you after you're dead. Yeah. And saying, yeah, cool here. You can go fix all the different, the, the infinite number of Americas that are broken watches. I'll let you just go do that. So he's, Prez, I think, immediately recognizes this as huge, right? A huge deal. And so we get several panels of him describing, finally, why this watch is really important to him. This was his father's watch. This was the watch that made him learn how to fix watches, which then led to him being president. And he's like, "It's, it's probably the most valuable thing he owns to him personally. And he gives it to Dream and Thanks. And again, Dream values it because it's in his chest of very valuable things. Yeah. So I love that Dream gets it as well. Yeah. Can we get Prez here, by the way? (laughs) Because this America is broken. Yeah. So that's The Golden Boy. The next issue is still World's End, and it's called Ceraments. How do you spell that? C-E-R-E-M-E-N-T-S. Would you like to know what it means? Use it in a sentence. The corpse was wrapped in a lovely cerement. So it's a thing you wrap a dead person in? It's a shroud for the dead. It's about the mummy. It's about the mummy? Yeah, the mummy. Okay, I guess we'll have to find out Brendan Fraser's in this one. (laughs) Brendan Fraser is literally a character in this. So it's about Brendan Fraser, the actor, is in The World's End. And he tells a story about how Tom Cruise came and ruined his movie. If World's End is a movie, Brant Tucker is played by Brendan Fraser. Look at that guy. No. No, I don't buy it. He's got the hair. No. Brendan Fraser is too charming to be that guy. I believe His name I refuse to learn. (laughs) Brant Tucker. (laughs) Okay, I guess we're going to have to find out next episode. You've been Dreaming of the Sandman, issue 54, World's End, Chapter 4, The Golden Boy. For show notes, visit thedreaming.motivedust.com. Support future episodes at patreon.com slash thedreaming, and we'd sure appreciate it if you tell your friends about us. Our theme music is Oneri by Kai Engel. Hear more at kaiangle.bandcamp.com. The Dreaming was recorded in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada, on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, Kikate, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. I'm Joe Fulgham. Thanks for listening. Time to wake up.